Mentally Morbid. This podcast represents the opinions of the speakers and guests to the show. By listening to this podcast or reading any content posted or shared by the Mentally Morbid creators, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as psychological advice. The content should not be used in lieu of medical or psychological advice or any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care. The content here is for entertainment and educational purposes only. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or blog. Please consult healthcare professionals for any medical or psychological care. Welcome back, Mentally Morbid listeners. It's episode 55. This is Annie. This is Kinsey. Did you miss me? Oh, God. This is Kayla. <laughs> so we were just discussing Kayla's big-ass cup. and It's an off-brand Stanley. A, the off-brand <laughs> Stanley. And Kinsey brought up a good point. You can't drink hot things through a straw. <laughs> right. On the little tag that comes inside of the giant-ass cup, it says you can put hot or cold liquids in here. And then I agree. I don't want to drink hot liquids through, you know, a plastic straw. Right. I wouldn't like that. It would hurt my teeth. But the the all of it. But it would also just be weird. Like, can you imagine drinking coffee through a straw that's not iced? I think I maybe might have done that once. I know you're supposed to do that to make your teeth not get brown, but I don't want to burn my throat. That scares me. I just brush my teeth and have average looking teeth. I'm okay with that. Honestly, I. The dentist can make them white again. When I'm not worried. I, when I realized that everyone in Hollywood has fake teeth anyways, I was just like, I can't compete, you know? Like, they're all fake, so. See? I need to, I need a list of what we're doing. Like, where's my standard? Where's my normal people standard? Like, remember when we were talking about Botox? Are we doing Botox or not? Okay, hold on. I need Is to this know. the first podcast we've had since Girl Strip? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hey, everybody. Two weeks ago, we <laughs> went to Kinsey's house. And it was um, amazing. It was a lot it of fun. Okay. I feel loved. We did a lot of stuff. During this trip, though, we discussed... Um, <laughs> What were you just saying? <laughs> no, brought it up that, she brought it up on the oh. podcast before that, too. Oh, yeah. She was like, um, are we doing pod- Are we doing Botox, right. guys? Like, are, we, as- are we getting ugly naturally or not? <laughs> she wanted to know if, as a group, we were getting Botox. Listen. Because if one of us does it, apparently we all have to do it. <laughs> I'm exactly what Annie is, that if one of y'all does it, I will probably do it. I'm not getting ugly. Absolutely. <laughs> Basically, Kayla, when you decide that we're getting Botox, Annie and I are ready. <laughs> Wait a minute. We all Kinsey, know who you it's know it be would first. be your ass. It would be so. It would so be you. I'm gonna be. You sure. and I barely get our oh haircut my God. by a professional. Gonna, I see it now. I haven't gotten my haircut in almost two years, Kinsey. Two years. You think I'm getting Botox? <laughs> your haircut? Really? It's been two years. It feels so. Yeah, much I think it's been. I think it's been a year and a half. No, I said I was going to go get it cut. I did not. Oh, I was like, I feel like we've talked. Sometimes about- I just get in those moods where I'm like, I'm going to go get a haircut. And then I'm like, why would I get up? You know? <laughs> um, I, I, see, I see it now. I'm going to be on vacation somewhere. Some man's going to walk up to me and say, I look great for my age. I'm going to panic. And then we're going to be getting Botox. You know, it's going to be great. 
<laughs> okay, okay, but I honestly do wonder. I actually thought about this today. I wonder. Uh-huh. Did I freeze? No. Uh-uh. Oh, she's just saying, uh oh, okay. Because um, <laughs> you thought. I wonder you thought too how much. old people actually think I am. Like an outsider. I actually thought about today. I was like, do I look my age at this point? Because. <laughs> 20, 21? 12. I don't know which way it shows 12. up. 12. Whichever way That's it shows up. Other way. Um, well, I have had quite... I don't look 21. There's no way. I was saying 12. You look... Yes, 12. <laughs> I was trying to say 12. That's even worse. I thought it was backwards. <laughs> I said that you said 12, but she wasn't paying attention. That makes more sense now. Listen, I think I told you guys, I had that whole week where everyone was like, you must be 24. I even got stopped walking to my car on FSU and they're like, you need to vote for homecoming queen and king. And I was like, I work here. I teach at the university. <laughs> so if I, I you know, 24, I, you look 12. <laughs> okay. Okay. But. And he's very serious right now. Younger. Hold on. <laughs> younger people have also started to look older. Yeah. Like. TikTok the teenagers so. are just very old looking these days. And, we, and I can't tell if it's because they know how to do their makeup or what the deal is. But like, they don't look as shitty as we did. No, they the don't. Day. The teenagers I was with, Gus and I got hibachi last night because why not? Uh, and we were at a table with a birthday party for an 18 year old and they all look 22. But they talked like they were 18. Like they had to like converse on like that's yeah, you remember, like she, I don't give yeah. off young energy. I feel like I, I, I feel like I don't look necessarily thirty three. Even though I don't really even know what a thirty three year old is supposed to look like, but my mannerisms and my my persona definitely don't give off twenty something. They do year not. Old. Oh my gosh! You know, um, no. you know that show? Oh shit, what's it called? The show where the guy has the six kids and the woman has the six kids. Um, and they get cheaper by the dozen. No. That's what I was thinking. That it, That's got to be cheaper by the dozen. No. Six, is it more than six kids? They had the blonde kids and they were like. I don't feel like we're the ones to ask about this. No, keep going. I'm interested. There's a, there's a maid and they live in a house yeah. together. And like the oh, Jan house. gets hit in the face of the football. Jan. 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 This is Wait. a true story? No. This is ringing bells. Jan gets hit in the face with a football. Oh, 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 the Brady Bunch. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> you know this show, the Brady Bunch. You should have said old show. Sorry. You didn't okay, say I, I do love thinking. Cheaper by the Dozen, though. But old show, Um, the, the maid lady, whatever her name is, I saw a post on Facebook yesterday that literally was like, this bitch was 45 when this is filmed. Why does she look like she's 60? Like... <laughs> And she's the per- the person that posted it was like I'm 45 and I don't look as bad as she does. So, well, all I'm saying is that the standards are really confusing these days because you have people getting Botox at like 26. I thought like, I've had clients. Some are getting it younger, like right. Yeah, way. Like, I'm amazed by like how how good some people's skin looks, and I know their age, and I'm like, yeah, whatever they're doing, I want to do. And then I find out it's Botox, and I'm like. I'm not doing that though. So what's the next, like what's next down? I, like what's the next level down? I'll be honest. You I know? don't even know if Botox would be good for us because I saw some therapists on Facebook talking about that. And like your face doesn't fucking move. Like. You think I'm worried about the money side of it? That's what I'm worried about. I don't want to spend the money what? on. I'm 
<laughs> talking about how we have to, I mean, I'm talking about making any sort of facial movement in session with your clients or they'll be weirded out. Oh. My clients barely recognize I'm in the room with them while they talk. You think they care about my expression? Hey, that's true. Hold on. My we cl- used to do- hey, you're the only one whose clients know your name, remember? Listeners, please be aware. My name is Kelsey or Kinsley, not Kinsey. And they ne- never Kinsey. Kayla, what was yours? Hey, all of my, hold on. All of my younger kids know who I am. They call me Miss Kayla all the time. It's the older ones that call me Kaylee. <laughs> it's gotten so far. What were you going to say, Kayla? years with some of my clients who are who still calling knows? me the wrong name. And I just, I'm like, okay, here I am. No, we got all we got through all of COVID with our masks on. I feel like Botox is not the worst thing that we could do for our facial facial expressions. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, so one and one, right? We got some pros and cons here. I'm just <laughs> I know it's 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 affordable, not necessarily like within the budget, but it's affordable for it where affordable. we're at. Yeah, it's just I don't know that I can maintain it, but I also feel like because. With any, and you guys are going to be on this train too, with anything that we do, we don't just do a little. We don't know how to limit ourselves. I have an addictive personality. I, I can speak for myself and say, I've yes, I have always had an issue with knowing where the line is. I'm either going to do it all the way or not at all. So I'm either going to have like, Versa- what is it, Donna Tella? Is that her name? What's the- Versace? Like Donna Tella? That's a, that's a teenage mutant. <laughs> Donna Versace? No, the. I think yeah, her. I'm either gonna be her or I'm gonna be oh, me now and not have or a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Or that. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice cup. <laughs> Annie's sporting the cup that I got her for her Christmas, Valentine, Hanukkah, New Year's birthday present. Um, her birthday? her once a year the, present. The one present. One present per year. I love it. Um, it's class. I like it. What was I gonna say? Oh, I even get that on my Spotify review. My Spotify wrapped is like, you're a super fan because once you start listening to someone, you just listen to them over and over and over and over and over again. I I feel like I'm the type of person, there are certain things where I'm like all the way or not at all, but also I'm the type of person that if they really want to do it, they'll do it just a little bit and they'll be like, okay, no, that's too much. I'm all done. Like that was enough for me. So then it won't be effective. You know what I mean? No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Just shut the different. fuck up. You don't know what she means. I do know what she's talking about. I thought that was very clear. She's basically saying she would do it once, find out it's not for her, which is exactly what she said. I'm just I'm not saying you think to misunderstand. I'm not if I relied on Kinsey to tell me if I was be like able to be understood no, no. as a general human being, no, no. I would feel like I am the dumbest no, person no. to communicate with on the face of the you planet. You misunderstand. I did not say we didn't understand. The words you said. I said Annie has never experienced that, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but you didn't say that. No, I <laughs> know I hear for, you. I hear you and I understand that one as well. <laughs> I know for a fact none of the words in my, that come out of this mouth make any sense ever. And that's okay. Listen, I have never seen a line that I didn't want to push. We know. So. So yes, family cups. <laughs> Stanley Cups, Botox. Um, I, I have looked into getting Botox because it's supposed to be really good for TMJ, but you need like a hundred, a hundred units or something per side of your mouth. 
And it seemed like a lot. It's also good for migraines. Yeah. I've thought about it for migraines. And sweating. Yeah. It's good for- Oh, in your armpits? On your armpits, yeah. Yeah. And hands. People get it in their hands to help with ways that hydro- Hydro- Hydroglyphic. Hydrocortisine. <laughs> Hydrolysis? No, it's Hydraulics. for your excessively sweat. Hydro- Hydraulics. Hydrolysis. Hyperhydraulics. Hydro mojo dojo. Gotta be mojo. it. Hyper, hyper dryo mojo. <laughs> dojo casa house. Hyper mojo casa house. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. We, anyway. <laughs> we went and got some really shitty tattoos. So that was good. No, no, no. Ours were good tattoos. They just completely fell out. <laughs> they were just demi-permanent. They fell off my hand. <laughs> Annie's looks good. Yeah, so Annie looks good. She got a snake. And I hope your mom finds out before she hears this. (laughs) Yeah, I think she stopped listening because she didn't appreciate her curse words. (laughs) (laughs) What is that supposed to mean? I don't. I met with her on her birthday and she was like, you know, I I, I stopped listening um, because I told her I didn't say certain words. And she was like, yes, you do. I've heard you use them on the podcast. That's why I had to stop listening. Sorry, mom. I love that she at any point. Oh, Brenda, no. I love that she ever thought that, that she was the audience for this podcast. I love that she thought that in any capacity. My mom's my, always my audience. Listen, she will always be my biggest fan. It just hurts her ears, okay? But it's the mm. screaming and the hackling, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, so Annie got uh, a little snake on her middle finger because that's very. Fuck bitches get money, you know? Very fuck bitches get money of you. <laughs> and then me and Kinsey got a little like leaf little thing, fern. like a little botanical fern, fern piece on our thumb. And mine and Kinsey's did not survive and the journey. Wait, oh, how's and Ashley? Ashley? Oh, and Ashley. Yeah, did Ashley stay? Oh, yeah. Ashley got hers on her arm. It's definitely still there. Ashley got a little flower on her on her wrist, which was really cute. But, you know, I think me and Kinsey just, um, ours just completely washed away, which sucks. Yeah. So if you're in the Greenville area and you want to give someone a free tattoo, just uh, let me know. Yeah, at some point I'm going to go back and get my free touch-up and see how long that one lasts, and then we'll go from there. Because <laughs> there's a lot of things you should know about me, and one of them is definitely... A bitch is going to go for the free touch-up, so. Well, I think it really begs the question, how do we up the next girl's trip? Because we've done a lot of crazy stuff together, and I feel like we're, this is our Botox, right? Oh, so, like, God. next, what are we going to do, you know? Do not tempt Do we do, like, an actual vacation? Oh, like, a trip? Don't tempt me with a good time. Like, I'm ready. We go to, we go to roller coasters. We haven't done roller coasters oh, man, yet. Oh, my neck. <laughs> It's gonna hurt my neck. Oh no! Can we have to wear a break? There's yes. What if we just went to like a nice spa? Hey, you know what I've been saying for three years that everyone forgets I mentioned that we always talk about Dollywood. Listen, listen. It's not that we forget. We ignore you. Supposedly, there's a really good roller coaster. Supposedly, there's a really good roller coaster park in the Midwest. I have heard about. There's Carowinds. The Midwest. That's Mm -hmm. That's not the Midwest, baby. Where is it? 
That's in Carolina. Ah, it's on the border of North and South Carolina. And I made that up. Somewhere in the Midwest. Maybe it's the Mideast. <laughs> the hey, Midwest. What's one of the states in the Midwest? Utah. I was thinking like Ohio. Is that? It is Midwest? Ohio. It's Ohio. It's, it's, it's only there. Ohio. Utah's by Nebraska. Singular Ohio. No, no, it's just like not where you think it would be. Mm. Now I gotta there, Google the U.S. Again. I'm not really sure I know okay. where That's it is. That's what I'm gonna so get. Whatever you tell me will be a surprise. That's what I'm get a tattoo of the United States. <laughs> the whole, the whole thing. All right, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. That is the Midwest. So if you're talking about the Mall of Georgia, I mean, the Mall of, wait, Mall of America? Is that what it's called? America. Mall of America. Then maybe that's where you go. Huh. Yeah, I'm fine with the trip. Listen, I got to financially recover from this one. Dude. Nothing says girls trip like a trip to the uh, mountains in the Midwest. Which she thought was Utah, so. I went there once. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. For, for like less than 24 hours. Congratulations. I think it was 30 hours. Actually, I slept in Utah twice, so. Okay. Sorry. I just want to go. looking at? Much. I'm looking at a map. You want to go where, Annie? You broke up a little bit. New England. Oh. I want to go to New England. I want to go to Salem really bad. <laughs> Over there. Can we go to Salem. Forks, Washington? <laughs> yes. Salem. So bad. Yeah, Annie, Salem. Okay. We hear That's you. what we should do. How far? You want to go to how Salem? How far that? I Annie, fly. you can't even stay away from home for three days. How far? How far is that? I fly? Far. I You fly. Hey, there's a Salem oh, court in Tallahassee. Yeah, I it was closer to. I did think it was below Pennsylvania. Salem is in Ma- no. Salem is in Virginia. I'll bring Kevin. No, I I thought it was below Pennsylvania. I thought it was in Massachusetts. So we're- <laughs> it is in Massachusetts. This says Virginia. There's a lot of Salem's guys. Oh wow! <laughs> God. <laughs> It is in Massachusetts. Do you know where that is, though? That's the important uh, part. Me? Because I'm looking at a map. <laughs> no, I'm wondering if Kenzie knows. Hey, it's your water. She mm. does not know. Good job. Ah, it's only a 20-hour drive. It's below me. I don't know what you think the problem is. I, dri- I drive. I'll fly. I'll fly for Oh, you're going to fly? I tackled flying the last time. I'm prepared to die this time. <laughs> okay. No longer Sounds scared. Me. I've accomplished what I need to accomplish. Oh, hey, update on the cats. They're ours now. <laughs> we have four more of them. <laughs> Did we expect anything else? No. She did get rid of that one for, what, so, 10 days? Oh, yeah. Listeners, I got rid of one. And then what? Three days later, five, okay, let me give her some credit. Six days later, she texts me and says, it's, it's not going to work. Oh, can we take it back? Sure, why not? We have three more. Just add it. Just, in fact, all the stray cats. Just come on. We're not even going to know anymore. Kevin will have so much fun. He'll love it. I'm not bitter. Can we so do a story? So how's the cat now? 
Cat's doing great. Cat's fat now. <clears throat> back to being fat? Yeah, back to being fat. <laughs> That's good. Um, Yeah, I do have a story. That's good, because I worried that it was going to be me. I was like, I really hope, because you never responded. She never said anything. And, and I really liked, I really right. liked that. She just left us hanging. Yeah, well, funny. I was pretty certain. I actually did that on purpose. I actually, I just heard, not me, so. I always have a story in the back of my head ready to go, just in case. <laughs> but you haven't researched it. You're just going to go on the fly? What is it this week? Well, it would probably be one of the, um, like, the, the Tuskegee trials or something. Like, you, there's, like, there's different things that we could talk about that we just know about. I have, listen, I don't know where things like Massachusetts is, but psychology, that's what's taking up the headspace. Oh my God. Okay. So I don't know where Massachusetts is or remember any of the stories you guys tell that I supposedly already knew. So where does that leave me? (laughs) What's in the headspace? Chores. Crickets. Catch up, darling, star. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of time, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the fucking time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just sit over there. You know that? <laughs> I, I always remember that scene. You guys haven't seen it, but there's a scene in The Simpsons where they just zoom into Homer's head and it's just a little monkey with the symbols. He's just, that's me. <laughs> I've seen the gif. That's, yeah, that's me. That's why she nods when she's listening. She's keeping the rhythm. Sometimes I nod so much in session, I have to remind myself to stop moving because I look like a bobblehead. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So for today, I, my resources are, or my sources, my sources, resources. Are you using them for a fire in the woods? <laughs> so my sources are. Wikipedia, obviously. NCBIA, nope. NCBI.nlm.gov. History.com and Tuskegee.edu. God! (laughs) (laughs) So prepared. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, here we go. Oh, and the CDC.gov. That tracks. Is it about yeah, the yeah. Tuskegee trials, or is that just a coincidence? Kinsey, let her tell it a story. No. Exciting and fresh. Oh. Okay. You'll never know. So. Hey, I remember this story. <laughs> I, Do you I, actually, or are you just trying to feel good? No. You know, this one, they've told me at least four times, so I remember this time. It's in ethics. It's in history. It's in psychology 101. It's in MFT grad school. At least four times. I hope you attended one of the classes. At least four times. I think what's funny is I never skipped class and I still retain none of the knowledge. So that's good. I can tell you why. I sat behind you. (laughs) But I was there. (laughs) Are we ready now? Born ready. Uh, Sure. Okay. In 1928, the Oslo study of untreated syphilis had reported on the pathologic manifestations of untreated syphilis in several hundred white males. This study was a retrospective study (coughs) 
Um, since investigators pieced together information from the histories of patients who had already contact or hung, had contracted syphilis but remained untreated for some time. So um, that was the first study, and it was not completed. Um, and then the U.S. Public Health Service syphilis study at Tuskegee at Tuskegee decided to build on the Oslo work and perform a prospective study to complement it. So the U.S. Public Health Service syphilis study at Tuskegee began as a six-month descriptive epidemiological study of the range of pathology associated with syphilis in the population of Macon County, Alabama. <gasps> yeah, Macon. <laughs> That's where we met. But not Alabama. Not, no, Georgia. Um, anyway. What I so hear you saying is it's not where we met. Macon? Correct. <laughs> so, um, the researchers involved with the study reasoned that they were not harming the men that they involved in the study under the presumption that they were unlikely to ever receive treatment anyway. Um, and at the time, it was believed that the effects of syphilis depended on the race of those affected. <clears throat> so physicians believed that syphilis had a more pronounced effect on African-Americans cardiovascular system than on their central nervous system. That was their hypothesis, I guess. So then they decided to perform a study known as the Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in Negro males, which has turned into um, the Tuskegee syphilis study or the Tuskegee experiment. It has a lot of different names. Um, and it was a, stu a study conducted between 1932 and 1972, which was a 40-year study, which I forgot it was that long, but it was. Yeah, um, I didn't remember that either. Yeah, and it was conducted by the United States Public Health Service um, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. So mm -hmm. PHS and CDC. I'll be using those throughout the What was PHS? Story. Public Health Service. Um, the Public Health Service. Mm -hmm. um, so, and um, I think, you know, do we have a definition for epidemiology? That's like the that's how like diseases are created, right? Like that's like the history of the disease. So typically when you hear it's like, yeah, it's like the timeline. Of so it, typically, yeah. yeah. If you hear like epidemiological study, it's going to be related to the CDC in some way from what I've seen. Yeah. I think it's like the behavior of it or like how it progresses. Like some, I didn't look up. Yeah. I mean, that's what but. my, my college roommates whole degree is in epidemiology and I don't understand what that means. I think it's actually a really cool um, and like a, really cool study, but there's also, um, here she goes. Tell me what it means. There, no, no, no. Not, sorry, there's, I mean, there's, there's a podcast that I listen to about epidemiology and they are grad students. They probably already have, they're probably already done with their doctorate degree, but they were both in, they tell a bunch of stories about crazy stuff that happens with diseases and stuff. So anyway, wait, but Annie has the definition. So, 
I mean, it's basically what you guys said. It's the branch of medicine which deals with the incidence, distribution, and possible control of diseases and other factors relating to health. So it's 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 studying diseases and their trajectory and where they've been. Okay. That's what you guys said. So they the PHS and the CDC decide on a group, uh, or they start the study on a group of nearly 400 African-American men who already have syphilis. <clears throat> The purpose of the study was to observe the effects of the disease when untreated, though by the end of the study, medical advancements um, meant that it was entirely treatable. So I'll, t- I'll go more into that later. Um, but throughout the entire study, the men were not informed of the nature of the experiment and more than a hundred people died as a result. So, the PHS started the study in 1932 um, in collaboration with the Tuskegee University, a historically black college in Alabama. And in the study, investigators enrolled, they enrolled 600 um, African-American sharecroppers from Macon County. And so um, 399 of them had syphilis, and then the other 201 men um, were the control group who were not infected. So these men um, had an incentive for participating in the study, and the men were promised free medical care. Um, And while the men were provided both medical and mental care, care, they would otherwise they wouldn't have been able to receive this otherwise. And they so, were all sharecroppers? Um, that's what it says. Um, so the the almost 400 men who were part of the study, who were the experimental group, they were actually never informed of their syphilis diagnosis. Um, but they had syphilis before being enrolled in the study. So they just didn't know they had syphilis. So these, they were so they like collected biomarkers on these people to enroll them and found out from that. I guess. Yeah. So they just like, yeah, but they never gave them a diagnosis of syphilis. They gave them the diagnosis of what's called bad blood, which was just like a blanket term for like, a lot of different things. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, I, I don't know how, what you're going to get into as far as the point of, other than just like the, the whole experiment, but I mean, the fact that they're sharecroppers, I mean, already kind of says low income bound to the dollar yeah. and, and I'll wait to kind of say anything more. Cause I'm sure you're going to get into some of the ethics of that, at least touching on it. Yeah. So, so while they were in the experiment, they were never given the diagnosis of syphilis and they were only provided disguised placebos, ineffective methods and diagnostic procedures um, to treat bad blood. So the men were initially told that the experiment was only going to last for six months. Turns out to be 40 years. Um, I, I don't even understand how that got approved. Um, uh, but wait, there's geez. more. <laughs> yeah. well, so after we'll, we'll funding, that. <laughs> yeah, just hold that thought. <laughs> after funding for the treatment was lost, the study was continued without informing the men that they would never be treated. 
None of the infected men were treated with penicillin, even though it was um, discovered in 1947 to be an antibiotic available, which became the standard treatment for syphilis. Um, They were never told that there was an option to cure it, even though they didn't even know they had syphilis. So anyway, the men were monitored by health workers Um, but only given placebos such as aspirin and mineral supplements, despite the fact that penicillin was invented about 15 years into the study. So in order to track the disease's full progression, researchers provided no effective care um, as the men died, went blind or insane, or experienced other severe health problems due to their untreated syphilis. So there's apparently different forms that syphilis can take. Going mentally insane is one. Also, untreated syphilis can lead to, I think it can lead to like, yeah, well, uh, blindness and then obviously death. But I wanted to say that there was some sort of like appendage something, like your your fingers stop working, something like neurological would start happening but i mean it gets in the brain so i would imagine that yeah probably a lot of voluntary function yeah so yeah people would go blind insane or they would just die um so in the mid-1960s the phs venereal disease investigator in san francisco named peter buxton found out about the tuskegee study and expressed his concerns to the superiors that it was unethical in response to the in response to PHS, no, in response, PHS officials informed a committee to review the study, but ultimately opted to continue it with the goal of tracking the participants until they all died. That was their goal. Um, so that they could complete the study of or complete the study of the full syphilis diagnosis. Um, Autopsies were performed and the project data could be analyzed afterwards. The study continued under numerous public health service supervisors until 1972, which by that time, 28 uh, participants had perished from syphilis, 100 more had passed away from related complications, at least 40 spouses had been diagnosed with it, and the disease had been passed on to 19 of their children at birth. So later it became front page news at New York Times and uh, actually the following day after it was leaked. Um, uh, So Senator Kennedy, Edward Kennedy called congressional hearings at which Buxton and HEW officials testified. And as a result, result of public outcry, the CDC and PHS appointed an ad hoc advisory panel to review the study. The panel found that the men agreed to certain terms of the experiment, such as an examination and treatment. However, they were not informed of the study's actual purpose. The panel then determined that the study was medically unjustified and ordered its termination. So as 
1974, as part of the settlement for a class action lawsuit filed by the NAACP on behalf of study participants and their descendants, the U.S. government paid $10 million and agreed to provide free medical treatment to surviving participants and surviving family members infected as a consequence of the study. Um, Congress created a commission empowered to write regulations to deter such abuses from occurring in the future. So this study has been um, cited as arguably the most infamous biomedical research study in, the, in U.S. history. And its revelation led to the 1979 Belmont Report and established uh, the establishment of House for Human Research Protections and federal laws and regulations requiring institutional review boards or IRBs, which Ken's you're very familiar with, <laughs> <laughs> um, for protection of human subjects and studies. Um, this study has also, it's also important because its revelation has also been the cause of distrust in medical science and the U.S. government among African Americans. Um, for example, as HIV disproportionately ravaged Black communities in the U.S., a number, a number of observers conjectured that the Tuskegee study's legacy had hampered public health education efforts in the black community contributing to the epidemic spread. Um, and even now there are um, studies that say that black men are, black men specifically are um, more at risk for medical um, emergencies due to their um, lack of trust in the medical field and I found a, a couple articles on that, but I felt like we were kind of getting a little far from the actual study, but it is very important to note that there is a history of why people do not trust medical professionals. Um, but even, even within, oh my God, even within other issues for black men in medicine, it's going to be the same underlying problem. Like the, the core issue is still going to be the same reason that they were so easily taken advantage of in the Tuskegee trials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, after all of the hearings and everything, um, Bill Clinton has given um, a public apology to the victims and their families. And later it was found that a similar study had been done in, I want to say Guatemala um, by the same top researcher in this study. And president Obama had to go and publicly apologize for that study as well, which I also omitted just because we were getting a little far, but yeah, he, the top researcher in this, this was not the first time he had done this. Um, 
So yeah, um, after everything, the the last participant, the final study participant passed away in 2004. So like Annie was saying, um, this study is a hot topic in um, research, any research um, class that you're going to take because it highlights how important it is that your study participants have informed consent and they are also given, um, they are not lied to um, in order to get the results that you're looking for. Thoughts? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> okay. I mean, just to start with from the beginning, um, when it comes to like a good research study, like, yeah, the RIB, it's in, like they're included for a reason. Like they review your research to make sure, sorry, that it's ethical and that you are not doing anything to put your participants under in undue distress. I think like most people learn about this study pretty early on in any psychology related field. So it's a good one to cover, which is obviously why both of you were thinking about covering it at this moment in time. Good job team. <laughs> um, but like my very first thought when you first started uh, describing it was the fact that they're all sharecroppers um, just from a research standpoint. Like if this was a good ethical study and not putting these people under distress, you can't have a generalizable research study that is shown to mean anything. If you have a bunch of people that are all exactly the same, like there's no diversity in that sample. They're all black men with the same career path. Like a lot of them are probably families of each other or have known each other for a long period of time. Like you want people to have a diverse background or your research doesn't mean anything. That's just saying that syphilis looks like this in sharecroppers who are African-American. Like that's super specific. So I think just from samples to begin with, putting all of the ethical issues aside, it wasn't a good research study for that reason. Yeah, it was very... Once, once people started hearing about it and finding out more information about it, they definitely highlighted obviously the ethical dilemma that there was, but also about how it was such shit research to begin and, with. Yeah. Very predatory. Like Annie was saying, like these people are already poor. You're promising them healthcare that they probably desperately need. Like that's mm -hmm. coercion. And they're given placebo. Yes. That's coercion. Um, I think on top of the fact, my other like big issue that stood out to me today as a researcher versus when we first heard about this, whenever that, when we were like 18, you know, is the fact that a six month study somehow, somehow became a 40 year research study. That's not how mm -hmm. that works. You don't just get to decide, oh, I'm going to make this 80 times longer than it was originally intended to be just to see, just see what happens. Yeah. And I honestly believe if they hadn't been called out for it, they would have kept going until the last person died in 2004. Which I had like, no idea it was so recent that the last person died. Yeah. I, and like, again, like... So I think... Oh, I was just going to say, like... Go ahead. In its purest value, longitudinal research normally includes more than one cohort of people, and you look at them at various time points. So, like, it's just, a again, a really weird research study to set up to just follow one cohort of adults until they die. And like, what are the time points? What are we researching there? What are we looking at? And on top of the fact of like, there was no new data being entered. It's just like odd. 
the way they set it up is odd. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Annie. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think sometimes we look at this, because I remember when we talked about, I think it was called the monster study that we discussed yeah. it, where we talked about this was before ethics. And we discussed the difference in how we look at it now versus how we might have looked at it then. Um, but this was led by a doctor. Mm-hmm. And doctors all are required to take the Hippocratic Oath. And I think it's outstanding that they required a code of ethics in order to say that this was wrong. Because I think about how in that moment, you shouldn't need a code to say that if you've already taken the Hippocratic Oath, you know, do no harm. So, I mean, you don't get to decide who lives and dies, right? Like it's, it's, you, you provide the healthcare that you can to everybody equally. Um, And that's why I don't often look at this as an ethics issue. I look at this as what it is, which is a racism issue. Yeah. Um, On top of that, I also forgot to mention that these researchers um, told all of the local African-American doctors, like the people who were seeing African-Americans to, um, to decline services to the people in the study. So they were not able to Mm -hmm. see anybody for medical, for any type of medical condition except for the researchers in this study. And that's why I say like, it's, it's so they used were, they, as they an literally, yeah, no, they literally just like declined services. It was like a monopoly on these people's. They health. basically signed a death warrant for themselves without being informed. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I say, you know, they use this as a landmark of what happens if you don't have the institutional review board, if you don't have a code of ethics. But in reality, this is many systems that failed these yeah. people. I mean, you're talking about a 40-year study. This was with funded. Several, with several supervisors that rotated right. out. So funding alone is going to require many different systems, many different checks and balances of people that knew this was happening that allowed mm-hmm. this to happen. So this wasn't, hey, this was just the times, this is what they did. This was people not seeing people as people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we talk about... Um, the black population, not trusting the medical community. Um, It's, it's due to factors like this, but that still go on just more under the radar. They're not as, as pronounced or as publicized or not maybe as, um, as much as in groups, as much as it is to individuals, but it still happens because you can't take something like this in history and go, okay, well, it's never happened before. And it'll never happen again. This is the like, by definition, si- what systemic racism. Yeah. Yeah. This the is what happened. The dehumanization right. part of it. And even using the dehumanization as like part of the reason why they did the study, they wanted to see, you know, if it was different in a different race, which, you know, it's just, Yucky. Well, it goes to, it's this, that's why I said when you talked about how, you know, there's other studies or there's other stories that deviate yeah. from this one. So you didn't mention them as much, but I think about just the, um, the data that shows, what is it like that black women are, are the least likely population to receive pain medicine? Uh, while giving childbirth. They're yeah. also while giving childbirth. The most likely to die during childbirth. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you think about things like that. And, and so it's, it might not be an official study, 
but the idea that caused this to be so pervasive in this study is still obviously an issue. Yeah, for sure. So screwed up. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, I, in the, the book I often reference, I mean, just because it covers a lot of sociocultural, there's a, I was looking it up really quick. Um, it talks about how basically like chance historical events cause a certain population to be discriminated against. And it basically, it goes through the history of how slavery is now discrimination and racism. Um, and that the idea of dehumanizing was not necessarily just a um, result of slavery. So it wasn't just that they went from slaves to citizens. And so by nature, because they were slaves are now, you know, discriminated against. He discusses it as, of course it happened. It had to happen in order for the idea of purity to exist, but that the government needed it to happen, that it had to continue in order for this population to not get the wealth in order for them to not um, be in power. And so that the idea of systemic um, discrimination to systemic racism had to prevail, had to prevail in order for the government to be successful in certain avenues. And so I think about something like this, you know, this is not an attempt to treat people. This is an attempt to get, I mean, to get his name out there. It's like, what what are you even doing at this point? You're just trying to get your name out there. You're not even helping anything. I, yeah, I find it really interesting because like the IRB is so strict nowadays and it's just like concerning how many bad things had to happen to participants in order for them to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I think unfortunately, because I, I, I thought about this the other day when I was looking at TikTok, I saw, um, I mean, it was a happy video um, about a beagle who when was, I was let out of it. When I was looking happy. at TikTok, watching happy dog videos, I was thinking about ethical dilemmas and I was really. Well, no, because it brought up a beagle that was um, used in research. And so he had never been outside before. And so he was terrified to be on the walk. And I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, well. I guess if, if it's not a beagle, it's another animal. If it's not an animal, it's a person that they're experimenting on. And I did get to thinking about ethical experiments and how often we use the excuse of the end justifies the means or the means. Yeah. The end justifies the means, uh, which I think is a teleological perspective on ethics where, you know, as long as the end result is necessary and beneficial, then whatever you need to do to get there is okay for the greater good to the greater good. It's the same, it's the same argument that they used in the Nuremberg trials to use the Nazi research. You know, some of the mm-hmm. research the reasons that we have things that was like MRIs or x-rays or something. Um, and so they talk about that how, that. yeah, a lot, lots of stuff. Um, and so they talk about how, well, if we don't use it, we're not advancing in medicine. This can save lives. And so, I mean, I think we use that excuse a little too much and it's too loose sometimes, especially, of course, in situations like this, which I don't even know if that could be a good argument for it in this, but I could hear the argument coming from somebody like him. Right. Yeah. But even like, uh, while I was researching all of this stuff, like the, um, the research of like gynecology and all of these other medical fields who were developed at the expense of black 
men and women. Like, um, what was that book? What is that woman's name? Harriet. Um, her autopsy. Yeah. Um, hold on. The woman, it's not the one with the um, stem cell research, yeah. is it? I saw that's what you were talking about. Well, that was using like breast cancer or something. I thought that's what she was talking about. I don't. I don't remember her name, so I couldn't tell if it was a Harriet or not. Maybe no. It's Hen. I think it's Henrietta. Is that what we're talking about? Though the stem cell research when her her stem cells were stolen. Henrietta Lacks. Yeah, that's what she's talking um, about, Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Henrietta Lacks performed. I her name. There was a yeah. There's like a whole book on her, um, and about how. Um, the HeLa cell. Her autopsies revealed that cancer that cancer had met, metastasized throughout her body. So basically, her body was used for a whole bunch of research, but her family didn't know. Like nobody knew that they were doing all of this research on her body post mortem. So even the dead have rights. So this is going to be a little bit further than what I think you're going with. So I'm going to generalize this just a little bit. This is also a part of the argument. When we're saying, we said this probably 10 episodes ago, just because they are educated does not mean they are smart. And just because they have a doctor beside their name or an upper level degree, or they are a CEO does not mean they have good intentions or that they are an expert or that you cannot question them. And I think about how, how now that's starting to slip now, especially because of social media and people's voices being able to be heard. We are allowing ourselves to question people like doctors, even when they are as confident as they can be in the room. And they are saying that they know best But if you think about the time at that point, that's not what it was like. A doctor at that point would be considered to be an expert, would be listened to. And the person in the room would be considered almost subservient to them. And especially a low income person who is a sharecropper. And of course, especially a person of color. And so that is something that is changing now. And I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And, but there's also like the, there's also just, like the, in addition to that, the lack of education, the uh-huh. illiteracy, like, like all of the things that like contributed to that contributes now, even to not being able to be informed yourself. Um, just like the lack of resources, not having access to internet, not having access to libraries, not having access to certain things so that you can start looking into things and know how to question people. But like you said, I think social media will help with that. It also really makes me think about, and I don't know how much you guys um, come and see this in your own work, But for a little while there, I started to hear a lot more about the marginalization of people of color within DFACS claims for DFACS reports, right? So any report of abuse, neglect, um, that overwhelmingly, it was often um, more often to be used with a person of color, and especially if the therapist was white. Mm. And I think about how in our own field, we have a standard 
of care. We have ethics that say not only ethics, but also legally we're bound to report if there is a case of abuse. Um, And I think about how in this situation, there was not a code of ethics at this time that said that he had a duty to inform them. So there wasn't a piece of paper that said he should. I would still hold this person accountable to make his own decisions and say that this was wrong, that he shouldn't need a higher system to say that this was wrong. In the same way, I think we hold too much to what the system says is right or wrong and not often enough to our own intuition or gut. And I understand that that's very um, relative to each person, but I think it, to me, the issue that happened then is can still happen today. It's just going to look very different on paper. So I think about how now you might have ethics that can create this issue, like calling on a family because of what looks like abuse that can oftentimes come from a place of discrimination or just cultural differences, but that at the back of it, you can say I'm backed up by ethics or I'm backed up by the legal side of it. So that's my soapbox. Yeah. Next. I mean, even looking back, I'm I'm trying to pull up our past episode list. Like, I feel like we've talked about this idea of like the distribution of responsibility several times on several episodes. You know, like most recently we talked about it with Kitty Geneva's, which we just released today for the bystander effect. I'm sorry. We released whenever this episode came out, episode 51. Um, Then we released then there. Like we're talking about like antisocial disorder with Mary Bell and like people saw that behavior happening. We're talking about conspiracy theories where people are believing what someone else is telling them, whether there's a basis in it or not. We're talking about um, just a lot of things. I mean, even like, I feel like the Matthew Shepard episode even connects to this in some ways in which we have people. One person is saying something bad and everyone is choosing to either go with them or step away from the situation, not do anything about it. And people are being treated unfairly because they look or do something differently than the greater group, whether that's based on their race, their sexuality Mm -hmm. or their religion, people are being marginalized and, It's just all, I feel like, really connected into this greater systems theory idea where, like, we're being impacted by, like, all of these various things. And it's coming up over and over and over again in these stories we tell because it's a lot of the same issues. People are swimming with the tide rather than against it, right? Like, we don't know how to be the squeaky wheel. We don't know how to stand out and tell them that they're wrong. People are scared to say something or they're easily convinced that they're wrong, you know? So I just, I hear a lot of overlap between your. Well, and I think it depends on who, who's in power, you know? So if the, if the, the person who is over whatever system it is, is a person who is considered powerful in their groups, whether it be by gender or race or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or even just position in, in a company, um, if that person is in charge, they're going to be seen as being more, um, more able to make the decision. So you're not going to go against them. And this, this is a doctor. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's too big of a leap to say that he was a white, probably prominent figure in society. In the forties. Um, yeah, definitely. Males in the right. So white male prominent figure in society, who's going to call him out? You know, he's probably got powerful friends. And so, I mean, who's going to be the person that says that he's wrong, that he's doing something wrongly. And especially who's going to say that the white person is doing something wrong to the black person at this time. So, yeah, I think it does incorporate a lot of the ideas that we've discussed in previous episodes. Well, yeah, I'm going back to that. Most of the men that they 
recruited our sharecroppers because that was one of the only jobs available to black men at that point in time. So, yeah. No, definitely uh, to our listeners, if you're interested in topics like these, they come up in several other episodes. So I would encourage you to listen back to some of our other ones because I think we've had some really good discussions on the distribution of responsibility, cult mentality, group mentality, and how this all impacts the psychology of our day-to-day because I think we've all been at some point in time impacted by this. I mean, we've all been like the little kid that wants to be liked at school or the person whose boss does something that we don't agree with, but we don't feel comfortable standing out. Like we've all been impacted by these things. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, cool. I love that. That was Annie's story for the day and you just read her mind. I love that. That's my backup story. So now I'm going to have to go love, to backup story. Love that you fucked her over. I love when we do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is always one that um, I, I often think about this study um, when I think about like ethics and a lot of it does come down to the fact that I think we just, I don't know. I, I just don't think you should have to have a code of ethics to make decisions that don't hurt people and dude it's not, it's not think, a shitty person like oh right. yeah let me i don't feel like i need a code people have let me go trick 400 human beings into believing they're receiving medical treatment when they're not and now it's just gotten what the incredibly fuck? out of hand because god the irp don't let me do anything with my research i turn something in and they're like Kinsey, you didn't include this sentence right here on where you're going to hang this flyer. If I don't tell them... It's so that you are not hurting people. If I don't tell them where I'm going to hang my research flyer, it's got out of hand. Fucking ethics. I feel like with Kinsey, it's probably personal. I feel like they know her. They have met her. I understand them. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) I haven't had any issues with them. I go next week, guys. Oh! Yeah, you got an idea? No, you took it. The one, the only single thought in her head. No, I no, I do have an idea. I do have an idea. TikTok gave me an idea. But <laughs> okay, I it actually, the <laughs> No, it's not. Um, it's not about the beagle, but I actually think it's going to be a little bit too close to what we discussed today. So I'll probably wait for it because it was also um, race related. You know, what's funny. Look, so I wrote this down to mention and I got to mention it before I forget. I saw a TikTok about somebody saying it was like um, a little skit where a guy has um, somebody from another country sit in on a class game and they're like, let's play hangman. Oh and the kid oh, goes, what yes. is hangman? You've seen it. I've and seen the kid it. goes, what is hangman? And he's like, well, you know, it's where we try and guess the letters. And if we guess the letter wrong, the man gets hung. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, would you put it in that <laughs> perspective? What a fun child's fun. game. <laughs> I've never thought about that. But when he said, it, I was like, I used to have a handheld, I used to have like an electric handheld hangman game. And I I used to play that almost every single day after school. And now looking back on it, I'm like, I just, you know. So I apologize. That was more of a um, beginning of the podcast discussion. Comes from the um, 17th century. You know, I don't, we're going to save that one. Um, so I go next week. Um, we have social media again. Um, Kinsey allegedly posts and then it gets taken down because she <laughs> is posting things that are inappropriate to TikTok. Okay, listen. <laughs> but if it. anyone on here is on the TikTok board, first and foremost, I've been flagged four times. I'm not sure why. It seems like 
They don't want to hear what I have. Because you said the IRB <laughs> won't approve me. TikTok board won't approve me. It seems me. like they don't want to hear what I have to say. I am super concerned about the connection between when I finally started posting. When I started posting about George Floyd, my posts get removed. That seems weird. But the last one, I understand. The last one I wrote about how serial killers are hot. They didn't seem to like that one. So, <laughs> Okay. But Kenzie, the other one that you did today was like, George Floyd murder, George Floyd protests, murder, Kenny Genovese, murder, murder, murder. So I think it's just the murder theme if I These are our topics. I don't think TikTok likes our topics. (laughs) So follow us on TikTok, even though you can't see anything. Follow us on Instagram. My posts posts do not get removed on Instagram. So if you want to follow us, stay mental. (laughs) Stay morbid. Go on. (laughs) We'll see you on Tuesday.